Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Through much prayer, uh, we are going to go into a passage of scripture that is found in Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, beginning, I believe, is going to be in the month of September, either September or October. Uh, we're going to be dealing with, we're going to start a Bible study on what it means or why am I a Christian. All right. Um, it was very interesting that I was presented today at the gas station, a lady that handed me something from the Jehovah Witness. And I believe, and she, you know, she was very convinced in what she believed as being correct. And if we're not careful, then we can be easily swayed because we really don't have a firm grasp on what we believe as it relates to Christianity. All right. I'm not saying what you believe as a Pentecostal. I'm not saying what you believe as a Baptist. I'm not saying what you believe as a Methodist or a Lutheran or a Roman Catholic, because the truth be told, there are many denominations that are in uh, the, 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 the religious umbrella, if you will, for life terminology of Christianity, evangelicalism, and different things, and um, that are under the umbrella of Christianity. And if you're not careful, the problem is, is we're trying to cohabitate with all these other uh, religious practices. I don't know why the Lord is dealing with us as it relates to studying what others worship. He's dealt with it even as I'm talking to you now. He's reminded me about how we preached last Sunday, taught last, uh, I mean, last Saturday, Saturday before last, and taught last Thursday, how he's dealing with killing the things that will influence and rock us of our worship towards the living God. And now he's impressed upon my heart on that experience to really get an understanding about Jehovah's Witness and get an understanding about Hindu and Muslim and, and Buddhism and all these things that are trying to present themselves as being the one and truly uh, gospel or whatever it is or the centralized focus of our faith. We need to know what we believe. Yes. Because I really believe that in the last days, as Brother Justin read in Hebrews chapter 10, that's why we gather together. The Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As we see that the day is fastly approaching, that means the end days, that means the coming back of Jesus Christ. As we see him returning each, returning here, we need to be getting together more than what we do. And we really need to be following what we believe because in the last days, which we are in, the Bible says that there will be a great falling away. Well, why did they begin to fall away? It's because they were not firmly founded on the grounding on, on Jesus Christ because they really didn't know what they believed. They believed what grandmama believed, or they believed what mama believed, or they believed what granddaddy believed, but they are right on the faith of their forefathers and really have not established the faith in the foundation in their own lives. All right, come on down. There are just certain groups that we are not to go along and take with. Does it mean that we don't love them? Yes, we love them with the love of the Lord. But does that mean that we all are to, that we all to a degree are right? No. Because yes. there is none right but the Bible. We got to be sure of what we know. 
so that we won't try to, well, you know, well, they say Allah and we say God. And then a lot of people say, oh, no, they wrong, no, the witness, they wrong, but you can't prove through Scripture why they are. There's no need of you, there's no need of you. So when we find people, Brother Justin, in both places, either they're standing in the fence and trying to group everybody together so that we can see Kumbaya to our various gods, or they find it that they're just so much, so much dogging other people's religion and their belief system, but really cannot articulate why they believe what they believe. So don't dog somebody else until you know why there is wrong and why yours is right. All right, all right. It's like somebody trying to say cold better than Pepsi. Have you ever tasted Pepsi? No. Well, how can you make that firm assertion, that, that firm assertion that Coke is better than Pepsi if you never tried Pepsi or if you never discovered the ingredients of Pepsi? Right. You have to know what you're talking about. What are the health factors in Coke that determine that Coke is better than Pepsi? What does Coke have that Pepsi? If you don't know the ingredients of a thing that you are saying and talking against, and if you don't know the ingredients in which you're drinking, you really cannot say and dog somebody else's drink. So we're going to get into we're going to get into religion. We're going to get into relationship yeah. next month as we're going to study these different things. The ecumenicalism of a thing is the ecumenicalism of Christianity. Ecumenicalism, and I'm going into the text tonight. The ecumenicalism is simply finding the common denominator within the Christian denomination, Christian faith. Meaning that Pentecostal and Baptist and Methodist and Lutheran and Church of Christ and Church of God and Church of God in Christ and Church of God and all the uh, assembly of God and all these different ones that are Christian uh, denominations, when we come together and put aside our theological and doctrinal differences, that we come together to be able to see how we relate versus how we differ. All right, come on now. And a lot of things that differentiate the denomination, that differentiate the Christian denominations is simply just a thing of prejudice, outdated material, and prejudice. Meaning that because of our color in the day in the beginning, blacks were not accepted in worshiping with whites. So because of that, there was a rift and a tear. So now you have this denomination and that denomination, which are the very same denomination, when one is predominantly white and the other is predominantly black. Yeah. But they believe and they do the same type of things that we do in the Christian faith. So we ask the Christians they need to come together. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. And we set the tone for the rest, okay? Amen. Repeat after me. Alright. Say real preaching. Real preaching. Produces. Produces. Real results. Real results. Real teaching. Real teaching. Produces. Produces. Real results. Real results. When the messenger is real. When the messenger is real. They will have. Real results. When the messenger is real, I will have real results. When I am real, I will have real results. Lord, help me to keep it real with you and myself. Somebody get the Lord praise on that one right there. That's called the reality creed. It's our intent to read that every time we proclaim the word of the Lord or teach it. All right. My Apostle G.S. Jackson, I want you to understand. Turn with me before you turn it. Well, put your finger in Proverbs. Turn it for us to Ephesians chapter 4. All right. Ephesians chapter 4. 
and go down to verse number 11. I want to explain to you very clearly, very distinctively, what my assignment is in your life. I want to explain to you very clearly, expressively, what my assignment is in your life as an apostle, as an in-season and senior pastor. This is what my assignment is in your life. It's not a difference of title, but it's about function. Okay. And when you understand the function and what, what, and what, when you understand what's in my head and what's in my heart, when you understand my methodology of the thing, then you can understand why I do what I do. Alright. Um, Ephesians 4, chapter, 4, chapter 11 through 16, do you have it? Yes. Amen. Read it, render and read it from the King James Version. It reads on this wise, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting means the maturing of the saints. The maturing of the saints. There are some saints, there are some of you, there are some of us that are immature, and they're the apostle, prophets, pastor, teachers, evangelists. They come to mature you in the things that are of God. To perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, I am to equip you for the work of the ministry. You come in so that I can send you out. You come in so that you can sit down, so that I can sit you out. I equip you, we empower you, we refuel you, so that when you go back to HISD, when you go back to the Chronicle, when you go back into the places of Virginia Beach, when you go back to the schools and to the colleges, that you will have empowerment to go back and make a difference in the marketplace. Okay? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, going to work and going there to recognize that you don't work for the people whose name is on the door or on the building, but you work for the kingdom of God. Okay. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. That's going back to what we were saying about the denominationalism and all these different religions. We all need to be centralized. He says that these gifts to the body of Christ in our until we all come into the unity, the oneness of the faith, yeah. not the faith. Look at the text. The faith. There's only one faith. You read up earlier in Ephesians about verse number two, uh, verse number three. A verse number four, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. Verse five, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes. And so all of these five gifts to the body are needed till we all come to the one denominator, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the faith. Yes. Until we all come into the faith, all five whole functioning ministries are needed in the body of Christ. Right. Amen. Amen. It's to keep from confusion. Let me go continue to read. Look at that. And find another body of Christ. So, uh, verse number, what's that, 12? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh-huh. Unto a perfect man, a mature man, a complete man, 
unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, until we all come into the fullness of the measuring stick, who is Christ Jesus. Not until we all come into the fullness of who Apostle Jackson is, not until we all come into the fullness of who Bishop so-and-so is, or Pastor so-and-so is, or who Pope so-and-so is, or Carter so-and-so is. We all need to reach the measuring stick of Jesus Christ. He is our stature. He is our he is our example. Amen. 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 Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind, Brother Justin, of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, so that we will quit being blown away by every new fad and every new doctrine and every new word of inclusion or every new word or new doctrine or new whatever that's out there. When you are steadfast in what you believe, no matter what comes and blows your way, you're not going to be so easily moved by the winds of doctrine and winds of things that are socially acceptable, things that people won't speak against. There is no homosexual agenda. It is wrong before God, but now they're trying to limit and try to compare homosexuality, the agenda thereof, with the African-American movement of civil rights. Yes, yes. How in the world can you compare the struggle and the plight of African-Americans, of slavery and all the prejudice that went on in the South and in the North? How can you dare insult us and compare that that spirit of homosexuality is in comparison to what we went through as human beings because our skin color was dark. Yes, God. It's a lot from the pit of hell. Yes, God. Yes, God. But we have to know what we believe. What is God really? He loves the homosexual to the point where he wants them delivered. Yes. But he does not accept homosexuality. He does not accept lesbianism. He does not accept fornication. He does not accept adultery. It's not about what feels good to our bodies. It's about what God says in His Word. And God's Word is the final authority. Hallelujah. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. I read it again. I'm going to read one more time. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. In other words, they're ready to lie to you. Because they have an agenda. They have a fleshly motive. They want you to know about different things. They try to make it as if it's doctrine. Jesus. So that you can be deceived and hoodwinked and bamboozled. Jesus. But speaking the truth in love, in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We have to speak the truth in love. That's what I'm doing. Anytime I correct you, I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. It's because I want the best of you to rise to the occasion. I want the best of you to rise up because I know that there are people that are waiting to be touched by the hand of love and by the heart of love through you. Yes. 
And if I would permit us to stay in a place of complacency and crying every time we stumped our boat or wanted to leave and give up every time somebody hurt our feelings and want to leave the church because ain't nobody talking to me. I don't want to preach no more because ain't nobody showing up. Yes, yes, yes. These cats back in the day were dying for what they believed in. Yes, yes, yes. But we want to give up so easy. Yes. We look for a way to come out from gathering together. No, Lord, Jesus, no. We look for a way to keep from coming to church. Jesus. We look for ways. Jesus. But I got to speak the truth in love. Yes. Look at the last verse and we'll go on. From, the whole, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies. Brother Justin, what does your Bible say? 16 breaks down no more. What does it say? It makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I connect people with one another. Amen. We not only affect one another, uh-huh. but we affect others that have not yet been connected. All right, that's good. There is something that is affected by our unity. All right. And that's why the devil fights us so hard from coming together. That's why he fights you for coming to church. Jesus. Because he knows that if your piece of the puzzle can come and connect with the other pieces, uh-huh. somebody's going to get the picture of something that they've never seen before. Ooh. Somebody's going to see something more clearly that they've never seen before. Something is going to receive the empowerment and the, and, and the enlightenment that they've never received before, all because little old you came to church. Oh, Lord. But you feel because I don't have an office, I don't have a title. I don't have a seat. I don't sing a song. I don't have a solo. I don't have a microphone. And there's nothing that anybody can anybody can receive from me. I remember even before I was who I was in the Lord. I remember when I was just whoever in the back seat of the church. Somebody, I remember somebody said, I've been in this church a couple of times, either do work or I was going through something. And I remember somebody told me, oh, I wonder where you were at. I just missed you because it's something about your voice. That when I hear you singing, I just I love sitting in front of you. Now mind you, I am the very back of the church. I don't have a title. I don't have I'm not a member of any ministry. I don't have any significant importance. I'm just a pew member. Well. But somebody sitting in front of me said that they they literally position themselves to sit in front of me. So that they can be in ocular, so that they can be, excuse me, in inner view of hearing me sing unto the Lord. And it blessed them to hear me sing. Wow. Little me, no title, no nothing. Uh-huh. They were blessed by me showing up. Yes, yes. Not because I stood up and sang my solo and everybody said, like, woo! Yes. But because I was in the shadows, yes. but yes. my heart just wanted to give God praise. Amen. What about you? Hallelujah. What about you? Oh, you feel as if you have nothing to offer. Oh, you feel as if you have nothing to. You have. I, I don't have. I, I don't have. I don't know that much Bible, but you know something. Yes. Yes. Quit belittling yourself yes. by feeling as if you have nothing to offer. Hallelujah. There's somebody that gets joy seeing you. And there's people watching us every day. 
And people watching you every day. And you don't know what type of inspiration they get from the God in your life. Somebody, see, see that I said, that one person telling you to shut up because your sense of humor is annoying is somebody else's blessing from day to day. Well, come on now. And I had to learn to ignore the ignore those who didn't appreciate what God had given me. Right. Because I understood that there was somebody that was enjoying it. Yes. And I would try to change myself to fit what somebody else didn't like. Jesus. And then the very one that needed who I was to be in their lives could not, could, could not get it because I listened to one insignificant voice. Oh, Amen. Come on now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Proverbs 27. I'm going to try to get through this quick. 27, 5 through 6. I'm going to get through this real quick. Both got to get up early. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. You have it? Five through six. The Bible says, "Open your rebuke is better than secret love." Right. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I want to talk about mixed emotions. Right. <laughs> mixed emotions. Right. Truthfully, more oftentimes than not, people in people in this building would prefer flattery versus honesty. Right. Let's keep the bread fresh. People today would rather believe a lie over the truth. Okay. Why? Glad you asked. <laughs> because in many cases, it feels better. It feels better. Mm-hmm. Number two, it doesn't challenge them. Right. Number three, it doesn't ruffle any feathers. Uh-huh. And then number four, it keeps them complacent and compliant in their incompetence. Oh. It keeps them complacent. Uh-huh. Keeps them complacent. All right. What's the other word? Compliant in their incompetence. Once you take your own notes, don't be reading ahead of me. I just want you to be able to listen. I know Brother Justin was about to write the whole book on the thing. Yes. Everything I got written down here is back out there. Don't read ahead of me. <laughs> hey, man. So what is the confidence? And confidence is not having suitable or sufficient skill, knowledge, experience, etc., for some purpose, properly qualified. So here it is. You gotta understand that there's a difference between flattery and compliments. Okay. Flattery is to beguile with hope, encourage prematurely, falsely, etc. But a compliment is an expression of praise, commendation, or admiration. You've got to understand that there's a difference between the two. Okay. Flattery is rooted in deceit. Yeah. Compliment is rooted in truth. That's good. Amen. Amen. Flattery is rooted in deceit. Wow. Compliments are rooted in truth. Yeah. You find people kissing up to you when they want something. All right. Oh, you so handsome. Oh, you just what, what was I? Well, when was I, when, 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 when was I last week with all this? Right. So you got to you got to distinguish the flattery in your life versus the deceit. So, so what makes you think that I? That, what makes you think that you and I would prefer flattery over honesty? Okay, the answer I have for that is the way we take offense 
the way we take offense to honesty when given by someone who truly loves us. When somebody really tells you something that's true, you get offended. I get offended. That's how I know I'd rather have flattery than honesty. Look at verse number five. Let's go through this quickly. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Open is the Hebrew word galah, which means to reveal, to be revealed, to uncover, to expose, to disclose. Don't worry, Tasha, we'll send it to the email. So the Bible says open to be to reveal, to be revealed, to uncover, to expose, to disclose. To rebuke me is the, the Hebrew word kekar, to, to kekar. To take off, which means chastisement, correction, reasoning, teaching. Better means, comes from the Hebrew word, told, which is an adjective meaning good, well pleasing, fruitful, morally correct, proper, convenient. Secret means concealed from sight, hidden. Love, Hebrew word, ahaba which means loyalty, covenant, affection, and faithfulness. Okay. In other words, this verse reads in the original Hebrew with all the definitions put together like such. Uncover, expose, and disclose chastisement. Correction, read, ex- un- uncover, expose, and disclose chastisement. Correction, reasoning, and teaching is good. Uh-huh. Well, please group for morally correct. Proper and convenient, then conceal from sight and get loyalty, covenant, affection, and faithfulness. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> in other words, my love for you isn't seen and expressed in how I keep quiet, Amen. but it's revealed in how I speak up and out. Amen. All right, now. Amen. We oftentimes view the ones that correct us and hold us accountable as the ones that hate us when this is the furthest thing from the truth. The Bible says, the Bible says, so, 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 so in other words, it's that your loyalty, if those who are secretly loyal to you when I'm saying something, those are the ones that secret love. Mm. I just want to stroke your hair. I just want to stroke your ego. Well. I tell people all the time, if you see a blue my nose, let me know. Okay. If my brother say, holla at your boy.
because nobody wanted to tell anything because they were they were they were they were secret lovers on the down low. I'm gonna preach that again, old man. Well, they they loved you on the DL. Because I didn't want I just wanted to flatter you. Look at verse number six, and I'm done. Verse number six says, "Faithful are the wounds of a of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful." That word friend in the Hebrew word is ahad, ahad. No, I'm sorry. That word is ah man, ah man. That's the word faithful in Hebrew, ah man. Come on now. A verb means to be firm, to build up, to support, to nurture, or to establish. The primary meaning is that of providing stability and confidence like a baby would find in the arms of a parent. It's used to signify support of a pillar and nurture and nourishment. So that means I'm faithful, so I'm faithful when you find nourishment in your life. Yeah. I'm a faithful person in your life when you find that I nurse you and I comfort and I nourish you. Instill yeah. into you confidence and stability and support. Yes, yes, yes. Now the word, now, now, it, it's funny. What, what, is your, what, is, what, is, what is your next page in? Uh, what? What? Now, if I'm all this, if I'm nurturing, nourishing, and all this other stuff, and stable, and I'm instilling the confidence, why did you get wounded? All right. How can you be a faithful friend uh-huh. and you wounded me? Why was there a wound? I suggest two or three, two, one or two things. Number one, because there was excessive sensitivity. Okay. And number two, because there was a resistance or struggle by you or me. See, we need to develop tough skin. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Excessive sensitivity. Okay. Can't nobody say nothing to me. Because every time they say something to me, I'm always ready to slam the door. Come on now. I'm always ready to leave the house and drive around the city. I'm always ready to, to, to backslide every time somebody brings up to my attention. Come on now. Because I'm too excessively sensitive. Amen. Lord Jesus, help us. But the Bible calls you a friend. When you tell me the truth, God, this is good. I want to have more people here tonight. Yes. The Bible calls me a friend to a faithful friend at that. Come on now. Faithful of the wounds of a friend. Mm. What is a friend? Glad you asked. Hebrew word for friend is ahad, which is a word, a, a, a verb, an actual word meaning to love. In other words, friend is not so much of a noun in this text. As it is an action. Alright. So another word is thank you. I feel that, yes. And so please quit calling people your friend if they are not giving actions of love that are not giving you that are only giving you flattery and not giving you truth. Amen. You're not my friend in this contextual way if you're not giving an action of love which is telling me the truth. Telling me what I need to hear versus what I want to hear. All right, come on now. Yes. To love. 
an enemy in the text, Shabbat. Don't y'all be making me out here in these words. Shabbat. Don't be making your daughter Shabbat. You know, name your, your daughter the enemy. That's good right there, rather. A verb, an action word, meaning to hate. It is the total opposite of a have. Right. So, in other words, a friend is going to wound you. Ouch. An enemy is going to kiss you. Well, come on now. I like to be. So now I'm experiencing, I feel the hope in here. I'm experiencing mixed emotions. Yes. Because now, what you done did to me does not register in my mind that you love me. God, I really feel this thing. It's not registering, it's not computing that it's love. Right. But, but, but now I have somebody over here that's kissing me and they're pecking on me, but their actions are not really showing forth that of love. Jesus. Turn with me, if you will, over to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. Right now. I'm going to show you an example of the same. Matthew 27, verse number 47. Twenty-seven verse number forty-seven. I'm sorry, 40, twenty-six verse number forty-seven. Chapter twenty-six, forty-seven. Twenty-six, forty-seven. It says, "While and while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people." That he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, Whomever I shall kiss, the same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and he said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Isn't it amazing? That the very thing that Proverbs told us tonight, the faithful. I'm the wounds of a friend. Right. Ah, but uh, the kisses of the wicked. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, kisses, but faith, but those that are the kisses of the wicked, of the enemy. Isn't it amazing? I know I can quote that right. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yes, yes, yes. But... The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Uh-huh. Let me explain to you some things in your life. Let me explain something to you. The reason why it's been so hard and it's difficult to differentiate between what is being said to help me and what is being done to hurt me is because we always, which were right, based upon what we were taught as kids, we always denote affection as that committed upon us because there's love involved. Okay, and so when somebody does something that is affectionate to you, when somebody touches you a certain way, when somebody strokes you a certain way, then what we do is we equate the stroking and the loving. We equate the kissing and the patting and the loving as representing that it's something that is deriving from someone who really loves me. All right, well now. And what causes ethical confusion is when somebody that does not love me really is showing signs of affection that prove that they do. 
Get away! 
So look at all the kisses that are taking place in your life. And recognize that there were some kisses that gave people access that really needed to be out here. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Certain people needed to go, but then certain people needed to come in. Because now, you, now you're learning how to accept those who are really friends, but that may not be doing all the kissing. And learning how to discern and draw parameters of those who are doing all the kissing and flattery, but really ain't proving themselves faithful. Amen. 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 <laughs> Mixed emotions. Get it straight. Let's get it straight today and determine today that I will not judge your acts of kindness. All right. I will not judge your gifts. I will not judge your flattery. I will not judge your smiling and your batting of your eyes. I won't judge these things as if, oh, man, she really digging me. She, 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 they, man, they really, man, they taking notes. They really, they really, they told me how much I preach Sunday. They really respect my authority. Come on now. Come on now. Ah, I've learned. I'm coming. I'm coming, church. I'm coming. Yes. That's why we've adapted. We'll believe it. When you see it. Amen. Yes. You learn how not to go up the road yes. with individuals that haven't even gotten in the car to start the condition to drive to where you went up to. Amen. 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 That'll preach all in itself. Don't you go up the road when they even left the house. Why am I just not hearing it? 
Maybe they didn't love you the way I do. Maybe they, maybe there was something about you that was benefiting them, and instead of giving you a, instead of being a faithful friend and giving you a wound, they wanted to keep you around and not offend you so that you wouldn't leave. Amen. I'd rather you be hurt and help than you stay and continue to fester in your affection. That ain't happening here. <laughs> That ain't happening here. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for your word in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that all those who have uh, been under the sound of this word tonight, that they will be blessed and that this word will stick with them, Lord God, and that it will, Lord God, sink into our hearts. We thank you, that, Lord God, that you are, uh, through Jesus Christ, our faithful friend. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a friend uh, and there's no one like you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that even when we are hurt because of the truth and because of things that come against us, Lord God, and that you point out to us. We thank you that, Lord God, that if you know what you see, your intent is not to destroy us, but to help us. Amen. Our Father, receive the glory from this lesson tonight, from all those who are under the sound of my voice. And we give you glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear God. And amen. Come on, clap your hands in here. Any questions? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.